and happy Friday to everyone, and welcome back to Apanis. A lot to talk about today, as always. The Yankees just wrapped up their post-mortem press conference with Boone and Cashman. A lot to talk about there. Um, Kyrie Irving has been suspended for five games without pay, and uh, he and the Nets released a joint statement together. And just to name a few lines, Kyrie says that he, quote-unquote, oppresses all forms of uh, opposes all forms of hatred and oppression and stands strong within marginalized communities. He's aware of the negative impact of his words, and uh, he means no harm to any group, race, or religion of people. So, uh, yeah, there, there's there's even more Kyrie noise that we got yesterday that we'd love to talk about. But last night, the Astros edged Philadelphia last night in a statement start from Verlander, and they're a game away from a championship. The Rangers lose a tough one against a really stout 10-1 Boston Bruin team. Uh, and our Knicks back in action tonight against a struggling 76er team without James Harden. And uh, as for the NFL, the Jets might be in for a real rude awakening this Sunday. And uh, the Giants on a bye. And as always, we can't wait to go around the league here in uh, Week 9. And we hope that Sam can redeem himself with a sniff. So, all that said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fine. And uh, one thing I'll say just off off the, the top here, the about the Kyrie and the net situation, it was at least five games. So I guess we could start there. They are suspending him for at least five games without pay. So I didn't know that. If you look at the the verbiage of their statement, it's um, something to the effect of like a minimum of five games or at, they say at least five games. Pending, pending what? Like what would, what would add more games? Well, they, let me go ahead and I'll pull up the, the actual statement from the nets, but the they they were they did a joint statement and then they had this statement yesterday where their exact words were we have decided that Kyrie will serve a suspension without pay until he satisfies a series of objective remedial measures that address the harmful impact of his conduct and the suspension period served is l- no less than 5 games period that was the end of the statement right so whether that is meeting with uh, some more, I guess, anti-hate, maybe even anti-anti-Semitic groups, um, or even probably just some front office mediation of some sort. But they have their their uh, system of checks and balances within within the Brooklyn Nets organization that until Kyrie chooses to go th- forth with them and complete them, I find it hard to believe that he'll put on a Brooklyn Nets uniform. So that's what I wanted to talk about, because when we say that he may have played his last game for Brooklyn, what's the alternative? Well, it, it's the alternative is, and again, I don't think his value is, I don't think he has value outside of the Nets. I really don't. I don't think there's a team, even the Lakers, which was the biggest rumor in this offseason, I don't think that's a viable option anymore either, because not only not only do you get the what's going on now, but... What do we say about Kyrie all the time? There's always something. So it's like you're paying yeah. for this always something, and then you're also paying for someone that f- refused to retract uh, anti-Semitic rhetoric. So right. what what can what could possibly be his value? Yeah, and I've I've thought about like trying to maybe watch that movie to just see how you know ridiculous it is, and we understand that the movie kind of suggests that the Holocaust was a facade, which is ridiculous in itself, but it's on Amazon prime and I can't say the name of it, but I, I kind of want to like look at like what value could that 
movie, that documentary have had for Kyrie to, to promote it. And he did promote it, by the way. I don't understand this. No, 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 you can't say promote. I think by definition, he promoted it. Well, it then comes the argument of what what is promotion in today's social media generated world? Is a retweet promotion? And a lot of people would probably say so. yes. I agree as well. When you have a following of, of like like Kyrie well, does? Well, what Kyrie Irving said was, I posted it. This is his own words. I posted a documentary or while doing research, I posted a documentary that contained some false anti-Semitic statements, narratives and language that were untrue and offensive to the Jewish race and religion. I take full accountability and responsibility for my actions. And then he says, I'm grateful to have a big platform to share knowledge. And I want to move forward by having an open dialogue and to learn more and grow from this, which is what you want to hear. Not on day. Yeah. Eight. You want to hear that on day. Well, one. That's what I was just going to say. Don't you agree? Cause this is what I think. I think that if he right away issues a statement like that and says, listen, you know, I'm sorry. I, I just, this isn't what I meant by it. And just apologize. I honestly think this would be, well, open. you're right. But what I will say, and I kind of something I've had in the back of my mind, and I don't really hear a lot of people kind of uh, bring to light, but if we look at the NBA as a whole, right, you probably would agree that they're the most, uh, I guess, progressive league among the major leagues. Would you agree with that? Between baseball, football, yeah, I would say so. hockey, probably the most progressive, right? And in I would the say last, so. I guess, even decade now, the big thing has been the ba- balance of like free speech and social media. And to me, I've always felt that the the problem with this Kyrie thing and especially from his point of view i don't i don't really sit going to sit here and say that think that Kyrie is, an, is anti-semitic right no i and honestly i don't even think he's in i think he's an intelligent person well he might be intelligent but i and I, he probably is intelligent not that I'm not saying he's a he's a dumb person by any means. He's definitely no. A, I just mean like like well spoken oh, yeah. and thoughtful well, is what I mean. He's definitely he's definitely well spoken and and he he puts thought into what he says. But yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off though. You can go ahead. Yeah. So in 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 looking at the NBA as a whole, right, and this whole movement of uh, I guess anti censorship on social media sites, I feel like the bigger issue for Kyrie Irving was the fact that not necessarily that what he promoted hurt people, but people trying to tell him what to say was more detrimental to him in his eyes. And you can think about that however yeah. you want, but then when you take that and expand it out to the NBA, they find, I feel like they found themselves in a situation where he didn't, it wasn't his words. And I, again, it's going to sound like me defending him. I'm totally not, but it's, it's not, it wasn't Kyrie's words. It was just a retweet. And if we're going to be this progressive uh, organization, progressive association, how are we going to censor guys when it's that we're telling them what not to even bring up other people's words? Sure, but but what he promoted is that's anti-progression. I and that's where that's where the crux comes in because it's a it's a fine line of I feel like it's a lot of times people look at things very this is in all not just sports in all walks of life people look at things very black and white when there's a lot of gray everywhere. There's really a lot of gray, like, like just like with in terms of free speech. And like we're not getting into a political arg- argument or, or discussion, but in terms of free speech, it's free speech so long as you understand the repercussion of what you say and what happens after. Like, if I tell you, if I say the worst thing in the world to you and you punch me in the face, I'm I can't sue you and say, "Oh, I have free speech. I got what's coming to me." So, yeah. uh, look for Kyrie Irving. I really, I. He'll play with the Nets again, I think, 
I think his apology was him saying, wow, like I'm going to lose like all of my, everything I have if I triple down on this again. And I think that it's, it seems forced and it's terrible to get to that situation, but like, at least he did it, I guess. I don't know how else to look at it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I agree with you that I I think he'll put on a net uniform again, but that's, that's just kind of what I mean by like, if not with the nets, then where there's nowhere to go. So like I don't really know why that's even a thing that's being thrown well, out there. Well, we've seen we've seen Kyrie Irving throw literally throw away like seventeen million dollars just to not get vaccinated, which again is another one of these. Situ- Kyrie Irving always finds himself leaping into the gray. Right there's there's always like the black and white. There's the written rule, and then there's Kyrie always in the middle there in that gray where it's like, well, you can't say this to him, but then you also can't say this to him, and it's like he puts himself in these inarguable situations and then on top of that he makes it look like he's smarter than everyone that questions him so it's some it's yes. a situation that it's hard to get around and and when it gets to a point yeah. of offending so many people like like this retweet did uh it's it makes it puts the nba at even a much more difficult situation than than ever needed to be to be quite honest i agree so yeah i mean i i don't i don't know i mean i, I would be interested to see if, if this suspension gets extended at all but I I think I agree with you I think that what he said and I don't know if that apology is was enough for people and maybe it was a little uh past due for people but you know I, I really don't see how else this Kyrie thing goes I mean I think he'll be back in a, in a week well or in, so, a, in a me. normal world or I, I guess not a normal world but if you're a net fan you can look at this and say hopefully this is the end of it right hopefully this is like this is the ultimate, uh, not end goal of Kyrie, but this is where Kyrie is going to, you know, he's going to stand on this hill and this is where we're going to have, we're, we're going to hate him. But as long as he's on the court, and I think Evan Roberts said this about the Nets, you can root for a team, right? Just because you're root for a team doesn't mean that every guy one through 10 or 15 on the bench, you have to support everything they say. If Kyrie Irving makes a three and you're a Net fan, you don't have to boo. You can, you can not support him, but you can go to Brooklyn and root on the Nets in the just from a sports point of view. So I think that's yeah. how it progresses. Well, it has to. It's 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 funny because Brooklyn is like maybe the one place that is just so widely Jewish populated that like if the Nets had a real like if the Nets had a Nick like fan base, I I think this would hurt the Nets' wallets. Like I think it would be that big. Well, of a they deal. are already feeling it in their wallets. I think. I think it was like Forbes or something uh, said that they have the least. It's either reoccurring or new season ticket holders going into this year of all NBA franchises or something like that. Like lowest percentage of uh, re, I guess people that repurchase their season tickets going into this year. Something of that extent. Um, I'll, I'll get that. I'll share it on the, the podcast page when I get the actual numbers and whatnot. But I did hear something like that. So the Nets' pockets were hurting prior to this. And yeah. now, let alone what they've, quote-unquote, had to donate to whatever group they chose, which is, again, yeah. there's just so much wrong about the situation. And it was just, like, so totally mismanaged on every situation that I, I almost – I feel I, – we said this last time – the whole Steve Nash firing, I feel good for the guy. <laughs> Got out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he gets another yeah, shot. And, uh, talking about getting another shot, he might. And you can, A lot of people, Net fans I speak to, say that he was never a good coach to begin with. Uh, obviously a storied player and an all-time great in NBA circles. But some guys just 
How would how would we know? Well, that's the thing. He never got to coach basketball. He wants to. Yeah. Who, who's to say he doesn't go to the Utah Jazz next year and lead them to the playoffs? You just never know. But I yeah. guess from from NBA circles and such, and listening to you know any NBA talking heads, it was kind of like this was best for Stephen Steve Nash and the and the Nets. So yeah, um, that's all I really wanted to say about that. The Nets are. The Nets are going against the Wizards tonight. It's it's Friday. They play the they're in Washington, which is interesting. Nation's capital, pretty big story. I'm not you know saying anything is gonna anything out of ordinary is gonna happen, but it's it is the nation's capital. Is Kyrie making the trip? No, I I would I would I don't think so. Like if you, are, is he is he allowed? Is Mike like if you're suspended, are you allowed to be in the arena? Like, I mean, if he's not getting paid, why is he going to be there? So, I agree. Uh, I, I don't think he'll be there at all. Um, I don't either. But yeah, but... The Nets, again, and aside from everything off the court, on the court, now here the load's on Kevin Durant again. And this is not what Kevin Durant signed up for. This is not the team that Kevin Durant, if you think of him as the front office, as the leader of this team, and a lot of people probably do, this is not what he signed up for. He did not sign up to manage the load in an early November game against the Wizards. He wanted this to be where him, Ben Simmons, and Kyrie go put up 130 and are sitting by the fourth quarter. Yeah, but but like you said, he is kind of the, the mind that constructed this team, and he's the one that has this close personal relationship with Kyrie, and he doesn't seem to ever have anything bad to say. Not bad, but he, he just, to me, I don't, I don't think anyone does, but he's like just like an anti-leader. Like he he can lead by example because he's a tremendous player. But I mean, that guy, that's not the glue to hold your franchise together, especially in a situation that's just this screwed yeah, up. And the one thing that Durant always says, and he's been pretty consistent. I actually saw him, uh, someone said something to him yesterday on Twitter, and he quoted it with a, something to the effect of, it was something about Kobe, like something like Kobe would never be silent in this situation or something like that. And he quoted it and said something like uh, tearing your Achilles makes you focus on the simple things. All I want to do is ball or something like that. So and that's just what how he's been since he's come to Brooklyn, where he's been saying, you guys go do deal with your clown show. I'm going to go put up my 30 a night and that's how I'm going to lead. You know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, what not to say, what games to play, what games not to play. I'm going to be here. I'll play when I play. And when I'm playing, I'm giving my 100%. You guys go figure it out the rest. And that's not that's oh, not winning the, culture. Yeah, I was just going to say, if the goal is to win, that's that's not that's not the way yeah, to do it. And it's just been becoming more and more apparent. I've had my thoughts on Kevin Durant uh, previously. He's In my eyes, he's the most prolific scorer the NBA has ever seen. He... But the I guess the black mark on him is, and I think looking back now, is he wasn't he didn't get anything done in Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City when he had a great team with Russell Westbrook. That team was really good. They got to the Western Conference Finals, lost for the Warriors. He goes to the Warriors, rides the coattails of that already amazing team. Was not a was not a successful leader over there because it yeah. was it was he was really even probably third fourth fiddle on that team. Well, he was the best, best player, player on that but team. as far as the locker room and kind of who dictates the moves, easily Steph was one. He's the poster boy of that yeah, franchise. And then I would even say that guys like Draymond and Clay Thompson probably earned their rap over there more so than Kevin Durant did 
given everything he had done in the league up to that point. Yeah, and then you see them win without him, and then it's yeah. just an even darker mark on yep, Kevin Durant. That was my so. one of my first thoughts at, on this finals, and then I guess just may, probably not finalizing Kevin Durant's career because there is a situation where or a scenario where he plays in another uniform as early as this year, but in Brooklyn, it probably the most glaring. You can finish your thought, but I have to. Probably the most glaring uh, of leadership failures on Kevin Durant's end. I agree. Look, you know what? Enough of the off-court stuff. Let's deal with the on-court stuff. And we have another team in town that we can actually be positive about, I guess, a little bit. Maybe not in this last game. The New York Knicks fall to the Atlanta Hawks, their, I guess, uh, rival now. They lose 112-99 to in a game in which they had a 21-point lead at one point in the first half. Um, absolute collapse. I watched every every dribble of this game, and they looked like a shell of themselves in the second half. And they, I, I, it was both the defense, the offense, transition defense, transition offense, everything. They got beat in every facet of the game, and Trey Young missed a large portion of this game. So, absolutely inexcusable if you're the Knicks, who, as the as now the team, the darling of New York, all of a sudden. They're now in embarrassment again. I don't know. I don't have a gauge on this team yet. Yeah, yeah. I'll edit that. You got to your audio just went crazy for a second. Oh, did it? Okay. Um, You're good, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a gauge either, but it, it feels like the Knicks are one of those teams that, uh, I mean, you, you can't love the spot they're in because they still can't seem to beat the teams like the Hawks or obviously the Bucks or like the the really, I don't even want to say really good, the good teams. They beat the teams they're supposed to beat, but that doesn't result in good draft picks. It doesn't result in it. It's almost like being like in the NBA's version of hell. Yeah, they're in, they're in no man's land, really. They're kind of like, they're not good enough to... Uh, make the playoffs. I mean, they could sneak into the playoffs, but they're not good enough to make any noise in the playoffs, and they're also nope. not bad enough to to get a good pick. Like uh, the, this kid uh, Watanabe or whatever his name is coming out of the draft this year. Um, they are in no man's land, and I, they looked pretty good in their first couple games. This was their first game where I thought they looked like this was a typical Knicks loss, in my opinion. Yeah. And they're, they're going to have a lot of games where they do look good, but, I mean, this is kind of... I mean, you would agree. You can't win in today's NBA without a superstar. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of times you can't win without multiple superstars. Right. So, when when there was all this um, Donovan Mitchell noise, there were a lot of Nick fans who said, well, this guy's not a complete superstar. Like, I don't know that I want to mortgage as much as it's going to take, but Donovan Mitchell right now, have you seen this guy's line? He's he's insane. He's just getting yeah. better too. So how how can you tell me that it, it wasn't worth getting him? You need you need a guy like that. Well, you need a, you just need a guy. And the Knicks haven't had a guy since Julius Randle a couple years ago had the best. It will be the best season of his career. I think it's. I don't think it's crazy to just go out and win and say that. I agree. But looking forward, speaking about needing multiple stars, the Knicks play tonight at the Seventy Sixers. And they are without James Harden now for it looks like to be at least a month. Um, not this is a tough spot right here because you lose this game without Harden, and then the the snowball starts going. You know, 
All right, is this team really good? Was Jalen Brunson really a good signing? If they can't beat the 76ers, who aren't even the best team in their conference, without arguably their second best player. Yeah. If not yeah, best player, you know. Yeah, I, I think this is a this is a game that they could win. And it doesn't uh, get easier I, either, by the way, their schedule. What comes up? They uh, they host the Celtics on Saturday. Then they go to Minnesota on Monday. Minnesota's become a, a pretty good team. Uh, and then they have the Nets on Wednesday in Brooklyn. So that'll be have, a storyline dominant game right there. So they have the Sixers, and then they have to host Boston on back-to-back nights. Yeah, it's rough. Oh, man. It's it's not it's not what you want. And, no. Uh, but what I will say, uh, a couple things. One thing right now, I think it's okay for the Knicks fans to say, like, well, at least we're not the Nets kind of thing. But I don't want that to be the the end of the season where, you know, I don't want the the Knicks season to be dictated on how poorly the Nets are. Like, I don't, I don't, it's almost like the Yankees-Mets argument. Like, as a Yankee fan, I don't really care what the Mets do. Whether they're good, whether they're bad, it has no effect on me. For the Nets, yeah, they're in the same division, so a little bit different, or same conference in basketball, so a little bit different. But, like, I don't want to, I wouldn't, if the Nets are good and the Knicks are bad, it doesn't make it worse. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So I don't want to. I don't want to sit here. I guess on the flip side of that, I don't want to see the glass half full when the Knicks are eliminated from the playoffs. So are the Nets, and we're sitting here saying, "Well, they're in the same spot, and now the Knicks uh, didn't have all that off field, off court stuff too." I, I don't yeah. want that to be the the case. Just putting it out there as a Knicks fan. I agree. I mean, is it a possibility that this thing is just going to take a little bit more time, and the Knicks are going to be better than this? Yeah, oh, oh I, and I think that's the more likely scenario than them being them finding themselves in a position where they almost like are tanking without actually saying we're oh, tanking. I agree with that. I, I'm not talking about tanking. I, I think they're going to be competitive, but uh, like, are they? Would you would you say that they're better than this? Where they could go into a game like tonight against a team like Philly without Harden and say like, no, the Knicks should win this game. This, this can they be that team? You should go into this game thinking they should win this game, right? But what I will say is, if I'm if I'm the Knicks, I think that a lot of things in basketball are, I guess, a misnomer is that you go to a rebuild, you tank, you get your guy, and then you immediately compete. After you get your guy, who if you want to say that Jalen Brunson was on quote unquote the Knicks guy that they got. It takes some time to build a culture, and they're obviously not winning a championship this year, but they, they, I want to see them put up progress so that it becomes a more attractive place to play. More, I, my, my projections for this year are more, more so focused on what it will bring future years, more so than this year, and not necessarily draft capital. No, I agree with that. Um, so R.J. Barrett uh, struggled again. Uh, like we said, the shots just aren't falling, and, and we both kind of agreed that it doesn't change my opinion about him. I think he's a nice player, but with every game like this, it makes me more upset that the Knicks weren't willing to deal him for a Donovan Mitchell. See, I'm on the other side of that because, like, the Ca- the Cavaliers, yeah, they're good, they're fun, they're young, and they, obviously they're in a much better place now with Donovan Mitchell than the Knicks are with whatever they have, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, and that crew. But I still don't think I would have given up R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell because, to me, the only way you give up R.J. Barrett is if you acquire someone that gets you over that championship contending hump. And I still don't think that does Donovan Mitchell to the the Knicks, this current Knicks roster, minus probably OB, minus probably R.J., minus probably Quentin Grimes, 
and then minus a whole slew of picks, I don't think they'd be in a better position. I don't disagree with you. It's just it's just that we just talked about how the Knicks are in purgatory right now, and that would have been your starting point. Like Donovan Mitchell would have been the beginning of you know, if they were ever gonna build a championship roster. See, I, I disagree because I think that well, well, then where's well, the where's the star going to come from then? Well, the star's going to come from uh, the next disgruntled star that always seems to happen in the NBA. It always happens. It doesn't fail. And it, the 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 biggest thing that Knicks fans are saying now is like, how, it's always been how much longer. It's always like Knicks fans always feel like they're waiting for that guy, but they previously they're waiting for that guy where their roster was Frank Nilakina. They just got rid of Porzingis. They have absolutely nothing. And then they wanted to sign KD and add him to this already abysmal roster. Now, if you actually put together a good roster and then get a guy, a guy, a star like it, even a guy like a Damian Lillard or something like that, to someone to that extent, or maybe one of the Boston stars wants to go out, wants to leave and go go on their own venture. I don't know. It's very early in the NBA season. Maybe Zion wants out of New Orleans. Who knows? Maybe Giannis wants out of the Bucks. You get my point. But yeah, I think that the Knicks right now. If 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 you can if you're a Nick fan and your complaint is we we're constantly waiting for that guy to put us over the hump, I would say that I think this is the best situation the Knicks have been to say that they have this is the best roster they have without a guy that they've ever had in a long time since Melo maybe. Okay, but what's the issue we always talk about with the Knicks? Stars don't seem to want to come to play here. And, but you, and need, the to, one you year, need to start that somewhere. Right, and we thought that they did the year that they went to the playoffs, right? Remember we were all saying that, like, oh, the Knicks are, this is finally a destination, and now that seems to be gone. I don't know. It's, I feel like, I, I, I don't really get behind that. I don't agree. I don't think that's a real issue. I just think that it's just blatant, just, to, like, now, like, think about the Kyrie KD situation, right? The Knicks obviously were wanted both of them, and a lot of people linked both of them to the to the Knicks. And I'm not going to sit here and hang on the rim and say that oh, it was a good move that they didn't do it, right? But what I will say is, I again, I'm just not sure that you, you need to build a culture first and then get your guy. And I think that Jalen Brunson is an addition to that culture, and I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Another guy people get up for it. That makes three. Who do Knicks fans love? They love quickly. They love R.J. Barrett. They love Obi, and they, they love they love Mitchell Robinson, and they love Jalen Brunson. That's a culture you want, guys. You you want you want to be in a situation where you get your guy, and he's not the only jersey in the audience. Does that make sense? Like you want yes. you want to see R.J. jerseys. You want to see Obi jerseys, as well as blank guy that puts you over the hump. Let's just say Giannis for this instance. Yeah, and um, when when KD and Kyrie went over to Brooklyn, KD said verbatim, "The Knicks aren't cool. That's not that's not where where people want to go." So I mean, that narrative has to change before the Knicks are able to do anything. And you know what? Donovan Mitchell wanted to be here. Yeah, that's that's the real killer in all of this. Yeah, is that the fact that you know you see him going to Met games? His dad was on the Mets. They wasn't on the Mets. That works for the worked Mets. worked for the Mets. A part Still of their, does. part of their pay structure on a Jays. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. um, they I don't know. It was I I wanted Donovan Mitchell bad, real bad. I thought he was perfect. He he not saying that he wouldn't have. I don't want to get my words twisted in saying that Donovan Mitchell would have been a negative step forward for the or a step backwards for the culture of the team. Not what I'm saying, but I think Jalen Brunson kind of fills that role as well, culture wise, on court wise. 
I th- it'd be stupid to argue that Donovan Mitchell is or Jalen Brunson's better than Donovan Mitchell because that's just not the case, obviously. But uh, again, I think that this season the Knicks look to themselves once they didn't get get Donovan Mitchell and say let's let's try and be as competitive as we can. Let's maybe we'll make some good big moves in the middle of the season. Maybe we'll find someone that is disgruntled and we'll go from there. But uh, I mean, what's the other option? They're not going to tear it down. Maybe they trade Randall. No. Who knows? Yeah. But there's really not a lot of options there. But, look, I, I think this year is is a big test year for the Knicks. They're in, a, they're in a state of limbo. They're in that no man's land where they can even kind of become, you know, rise above all the, the crap teams that are in the NBA now and are going to be in this tankathon for this – I can't even pronounce his name. Victor Watanabe or whatever heck his <laughs> name is. Well, yeah. we're going to have to practice that one. But – Half the league is going to tank for him, and then the other half of the league is going to see this as an opportunity to uh, be somewhere where they might not have been otherwise. So we'll yeah. see what the Knicks do. Um, I'm not really like necessarily worried about them, but that's only because my expectations weren't that high. No, I agree. It's funny that like the lottery was supposed to solve tanking, but teams just still do it just for a chance. Uh, and now, how do you? F- I guess we can we can talk about this because it's a bit of a light day outside of the NFL. What is how do you how does the NBA fix that? Well, you you had a, no, you didn't have a solution for tanking. You had a solution for load management. Yeah, well, well, I kind of um, have a, a, a and the the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's my that's the one I'm going to lay my hat on. We'll talk about that in the off season. But I have the yeah. solution to the Baseball Hall of Fame. But how okay. do you solve tanking in the NBA? I don't know because I can't believe that the lottery wasn't enough. But do you, do you now do you like? My thought has always been not necessarily a tournament, but I think that the best of the worst should kind of position themselves to have the best chance. I guess, and it makes it makes for more competitive games, and that also kind of plays into some of the low management. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're still punishing teams that just have nothing. Yeah, but but maybe if they, but teams would approach free agency and trade deadlines a lot differently if they had to be the best of the worst versus the worst of the worst. Like you might see, you might see teams, you know, incrementally upgrade and not not necessarily just sell off their pieces. Sure, there will there be teams that will sit there and say, you know, even if we got four or five all stars, we still might not compete, or you know, one or two all stars, we still might not compete with this roster. But I I don't know. My, that's always been my stance. Uh, it, it's just they need to do something because I feel like this year is gonna is gonna get progressively a lot worse in terms of tanking, especially for. Uh, all the the accolades that this kid is getting, um, he, the people are saying he's a seven three Kevin Durant. That is, I mean, you watch this kid play; he's unbelievable. Probably going to be worth tanking for, but I don't think the Knicks will be there. I feel like l- l- this is how we're going to end the NBA. What is more likely that the Nets end up closer to the number one pick, or the Knicks end up closer to the number one pick? I mean, I don't know because it depends on, like, because uh, I wouldn't be shocked if two weeks from now Kevin Durant says, get me out of here. So That's that's kind of where I'm going. Right. So I have no idea. Um, as as the teams lie right now, I, I don't know. I mean. That's a tough one. I don't think it's a it's bad cause question. Like, it's because, like, you want to say that, like, the Nets are just too good to be this bad, but uh, – I don't put anything past that team. Yeah, and it's very possible that Katie and Kyrie might not be on the team at all in you know as early as like next week even. Yeah, yeah. I just mean as presently constituted. I don't know.
Yeah, well, as presently constituted, it is very well known that you and I are not big college football fans. So this entire week, we've been trying to come up with a way to somehow incorporate, whether it's college football, which we're going to, is the case today, but we like to talk about things that are kind of like out of the normal in sports. A lot of times we'll go back and look at like old box scores and stuff in baseball. And what was that game where they had how many errors in the one game? Well, in the 1886 world series, there were 63 errors. Did you, did everyone just hear me? There was 63 errors in an entire in world, world series. series. I wonder if there were 63 errors this entire postseason in the MLB. I doubt, I really be. doubt it. Can't be. Yeah, no, there's just no way. That, no. that would be, if every team, I'm not going to do the math here live, but there's just no way. You need to have, like, f- at least four per game. Yeah. Um, so, I'd like to introduce a segment of the show we're going to call Fraud or Applaud. What we're going to do is, either myself or Matt is going to present situations that have happened in the past, whether it's as recently as this college football week, this past college football week, this past NFL week, but things that are, might have fl- flown under the radar game line wise. And I'm going to ha- present them to Matt without any names, without any conferences, without any uh, dates or anything. And I'm going to have Matt's tell me if this is a fraud, which is something that didn't happen. Or if it, if he applauds it in the fact that it's just so strange that it's unbelievable. So welcome to the first edition of fraud or applaud. Matt, are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, fraud or applaud. This game went into four overtimes in a win that ended on a two-point conversion. So, football. This is going to be all college football today. I got that. Four overtimes. It was one on a two-point conversion. The QBR for the one quarterback was 36.9. The QBR for the other quarterback was 21.4 averaging a QBR for both teams of 29.15. Fraud or applaud? Now, this could be any error, right? Like, this could have happened 50 years ago, right? Well, it could be any time? Uh, it's this week. This past college football week. For, oh, I should have said okay. that to begin with, but I'll, I'll make that more clear as we go along. But but just they could be from any like right yeah, yeah. but I'll give you up? I'll give you the general like gotcha. you know this was right. 2020 college football or something like that but this was last week college football for all of these scenarios okay this one this one I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna applaud I, I think that this happened this did happen Miami oh. lost at the University of Virginia in a four overtime game in which. University of Virginia just said F it and went for two to win the game instead of tying it. So applaud there. Next scenario. The home team wins the game 36 to six. There was not one extra point made in the entire game. And the amount of people with rushing attempts doubled that amount of people with receptions. Fraud or applaud. What was the last part? The amount of. So the amount of people that recorded a rushing attempt. So yeah. if five people record a rushing attempt, that's five, that's five, right? Yeah. Or let's say six. If six people record a rushing attempt, the amount of people that recorded a rushing attempt doubled that of reception. So if six people recorded a rushing attempt, three people recorded receptions. Okay. Fraud or applaud? See, uh, this one I kind of want to applaud just because I know there's a lot of college football teams out there that don't throw it around all that much. Um. I know you're going to hit me with a fraud, though, so it's either going to be this one or the next one. 
I'm going to. Or are we going for a clean sweep? That's what that's what I'm hoping for. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna applaud this one too. That did not happen. Oh. I thought I when I was drawing this up, I thought that the 36 was a bit much to not have a, a field goal or an extra point attempted. Yeah. Or yeah, sorry, yeah, I yeah. said extra point made. But then I threw in the six because then the six made it more believable. There's yep. a method to this madness. Yeah. All right. All so right. The, the last one of the day, the final score in overtime is 53 to 52, in which the quarterbacks combined for f- almost 550 yards, nine touchdowns. There were 300-yard rushers, including one of the quarterbacks who rushed for 150-plus yards. Fraud or applaud? Hmm. So 53-52, nine touchdowns combined, and one of their 300-yard rushers and one of the quarterbacks rushed for 150-plus yards. I'm going to... I'm going to applaud this one, too. I'm, gi- I'm giving you three applauds, and I think I'm going two for three. This is an applaud. Holy Good. Cross defeated Fordham 53-52 to in overtime in which the Fordham quarterback threw for 256 yards, sorry, 291 yards and four touchdowns to Holy Cross's quarterback who threw for 256 yards and five touchdowns and also ran for 170 yards. Nice. So that, that was good. That was fun. College football looks to, good. I'm excited to come up with some now. That, that was that was a good time. Yeah, I I we'll get more into that. I had fun actually making that. The fake one yeah. was the, the best one to make, honestly. But <laughs> I'll take two for three. Yeah, I'll definitely take two for three. It's it's off to a hot start. Also off to a hot start, and may have cooled down, and are definitely going to cool down. The New York Jets, which we're going to jump right into, but this is a huge game. Um, and a lot of people are, are hoping, not hoping, but expecting them to lose this game. And I think we both find ourselves in that group as well. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, I do. What's the scenario of the Jets beating Buffalo? It would just have to be just the wackiest game ever. Like it would have to just be one of those complete, but I, it, this seems like it's, like it's they're just too much of a dog for this to even be a trap game it feels like um i don't i don't know i mean like like we said on the last episode i think there's a world where the jets can play elite defense and kind of keep it within like 10 to 13 points and and i wouldn't be mad about it but it's just when they lose this game it's just going to make the patriot one hurt all the more yeah and so the jets are 11 and a half point dogs at home against the bills I feel like that's it. Might it should be more? I think should be about thirteen points. I I kind of agree, and but and like kind of to what you said, the way they do this is just what I said last week, right? What did I was so my conviction on the Jets last week was higher than ever. I really thought it was convinced they were going to win that game, as long as they stuck to their game plan, and they didn't. They immediately veered away. I think three of the four first plays were all pass attempts um, or something to that extent, but. The, that's just not winning football, especially not against a team like the Bills. It's one thing to be down so much or you have to throw, but it's another thing to just come out and th- and throw in the anticipation that you're going to be down. 
Right. That, and that's that's kind of where I was about to go, because you were right to say that about the Patriot game, because that was a very winnable game. And the Patriots don't do don't do anything incredible offensively. Yeah, no, that but, was they didn't look good at all. I, I right. think. But this is going to be I, I think this game probably starts to get out of hand a little bit early and they're they're going to have no choice but to veer off. So you, honestly, you hope if Zach Wilson has to throw it 50 times. You hope he learns a thing or two uh, from from a game like this. So now. All right. So let's start from the top. Right. If you're the Jets and you win the toss, what do you do? What what would what would you do if you if you were the Jets and you win the toss, knowing that what looms in the sideline? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to kick it off just because I I mean can you just picture the the Jets elect to take the ball, they go three and out and then here's Buffalo from their own forty yard line thirty five yard line you know so so I, I I I'm gonna disagree there I think against a team like this and especially. You need to hope and pray that you can score in that first drive and play with a lead. That's how, well, that's but, how they're going to win this game. That that's right, going to be how they they get out to the first lead and hold it. Yeah, but Houston did that last night, and you know they they just got beat by a team that was way better than them and, to a pulp almost. But the, and that might be the case. But you got to give yourself the best chance. I feel like giving giving them the ball first and having maybe you want your defense on the field first. I feel like Robert Sala would definitely say. We want to have our defense out there first and get a stop um, versus having our offense out there first. But I don't know. I I think I'd fall more on the side of I'd rather play for the lead early against a team like this than than rather hope for the lead down the line. Yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm so afraid of that that field position switch if, if the Jets don't get anything done. So, so, and then, all right. So what would be, what would you say would be your key to this game? Not necessarily how to win this game, but what are you looking for more than anything? Could be on either side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd like for them to just protect and run block. I'd like to see the Jets find a way to pick up a couple first downs. Uh, I, I don't want too much of this Zach Wilson rolling out or, you know, he's back, and now there's pressure, and, and now he runs out this way. I just – I want, uh, like, north and south football from the Jets. Just move the chains a few times. That, that's how you give yourself a chance to win, where you're not punting it to Buffalo, and then they're – I mean, they're about to score, you know, immediately. Uh, my, th- my theory on games like this is you need to break it down into the finest of powders on how to win a football game, and I think the most simple way to win football games is telling yourself – we need three point. What is it? Three point two yards per play. We need what is it? Nine. How many feet in a yard? Three. So is that yeah. nine? Uh, two. What I get it? what you're saying. You get what we I'm saying, right? Wa- we don't have to watch you do math. It's yeah. miserable. Or listen to me do math. That's even better. Yeah. You know, yeah. big. Uh, that's my side podcast. Listening to Sam doing math. Um, yeah. Pick up three three and a half yards per game. No, I don't care how you do it, and if you if you mess up once, then the next time you need seven. Yeah, it's it's that um, simple, and, and that's know, what they I need to do. I don't know that they have the rushing attack anymore to do that. I uh, see, but now this is where I'm going to get into. Does James Robinson get involved this week? Who? How do they utilize Michael Carter? Because I have a feeling that they're going to use James Robinson as that first and second down back, just like they were using Brees Hall. It's just going to yeah. be a plug and play, which. James Robinson is – I feel like it's kind of been undersung. He's not a slouch. He's like a pretty good running back, and he's been he's been good for a few years now. Not I don't think he's as good as Brees Hall or any of these elite running backs, but 
I feel like you see the Jaguars win games when James Robinson is, you know, has a hundred plus rushing yards and dominating the ground. Why can't the Jets? Well, the Buffalo is going to come out. I mean, it's not, it's not like it's a secret what the Jets are and what the Jets issues are. Buffalo is going to come out and they're going to sell out against the run. And then the Jets are going to say, listen, they're giving us the pass. We have to take it. And uh, you know, it just can't go as poorly as it did last week. Yeah. And I think what, what you said about the Patriots game was kind of accurate in that Patriots, the Jets lost the game more than the Patriots won it, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely a sense of, uh, I feel like that's a very understood thing uh, And as far as last week's game is concerned, where we realize that, you know, if Zach Wilson doesn't throw, what did he throw, four picks last week? If he doesn't throw four picks, we, we probably win that game, even if, even if he throws two. Yeah. You know, so there, there's a lot of, this is a, this, I'm going to be watching this on like high alert, I'll say, where... There's going to be I'm, – I'm kind of on eggshells with this team because I, I don't think they're going to win. So my expectations are low, right? You expect, you expect very little. You won't get disappointed. And that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm not expecting much. But if – I feel like my expectations can only be blown out of the water if the Jets can – if the Jets lose this game by a touchdown, my expectations are through the roof of this team. I agree. You know, hang with them. Yeah. Show that, show that you even belong in the same field as them. Don't get embarrassed. That's yeah, it. that play, should be your play mantra. them. Play them better than Green Bay did, and you know you slaughtered Green Bay a couple weeks ago, so it shouldn't be impossible. Yeah, and fireworks this week or no? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think they're I think they're all good on that. Yeah, I, just like I was as well. But um, I think we are ready to go around the league. Yeah. The, the, my favorite part of every uh, end of week show that we do. Yeah, the the transition into around the league, right? That's always your favorite. No, going around the league. Oh, but. oh, I thought you meant my my transition into it because it's always masterful. Yeah. Um, let's start with the sniff of the week. How about that? Start, we end. We start end, with. Yeah, yeah. We ended with the sniff of the week last week. We're going to start with the sniff of the week this week. Chargers are uh. going to Atlanta in a feisty Atlanta bunch that. I think Cordero, Cordero Patterson might be back this week, at least in a limited role. Uh, they just moved on from Calvin Ridley, which was a big trade. They moved him to the, to the Jaguars, which he wasn't playing anyway, but could have just been like a, a sign of like, you know, we're gonna we're moving on from this guy. We're starting a new regime in Atlanta, right? Maybe just yeah. morally off the field. But I like the Falcons here at home as a dog against the Chargers, who are. If, I don't know if you how much you've watched Chargers, but they don't good look amount. good at all, and no, they, they now are going to be without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams. They're two, they're one and two outside. I don't see how they win this game. Well, I, I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I don't, I see, but I don't hate your pick. Like I, I, I get what I get where you're going with it. Um, what what is it like? Why are the Chargers struggling so mightily? Like, did we just maybe anoint Justin Herbert way too early? Like, is he maybe not? The guy that we, I think he's a good quarterback. Yeah. But is he maybe not um, in that upper echelon like we all thought he was? Well, I feel like this could be a year where you're going to look back and you're going to say maybe in like three, four years where Justin uh, Justin Herbert's like an all-star, all-pro, and this was just a blip in the fact that, you know, he's lost his Keenan Allen for most of this year. He hasn't, I think he hasn't played since week one. Mike Williams is now out for six weeks. That's your one-two. Austin Eckler got off to a slow start, and their O-line is banged up too. So this could be just a year where the Chargers just 
run it back, I guess, next year. And they, 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 I feel like their problems are within the within their injuries. They just have so many key guys that are hurt that I, I can't. It's tough for them to compete with this. And like, even Herbert was hurt at the beginning of the year. Didn't he miss a game? He got hurt in that Chiefs game, I think. I think he was going to. We thought he was going to miss a game, and then he played. He, he ended up playing, but yeah, they have. They have linebackers out, guards out. There, there's injuries all over the place for the Chargers. So, look, what yeah. I mean, again, I go out on a limb with my sniffs and take a dog on the straight money line. So, well, but you did just a second ago say you can't see them winning this you're, game. You're, so you're I don't right. know about going out on a limb. I can't see. I can't see the Falcons losing this game because I, if they, this team, this is a fourth of the Chargers, right? And even Herbert hasn't played that well when he's we deem him as fully healthy, which. I still have my jury out, and I feel like the rib injury he was fighting may still be lingering a yeah. bit. But um, and just like just think about a quarterback psyche, right? If you know your your offensive line is injured and you don't have your weapons, and you have you know the naturally just big guys running at you and trying to tackle you, you're going to be a little shook up. So maybe he's just a little shook up from all all of those things spiraling into one. Um, where do yeah. you sit on I, this game? Chargers are I, giving I, three. I, uh... I like that sniff. I'll, I'll co-sign it with you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the, um, I'm gonna take the Falcons to cover the three points. Cool. I, I like when people are on board with my sniffs. I don't like when people go against me because then I start second guessing myself. <laughs> Although yeah, my I conviction like with the Packers was there last week. Okay. Um, next game, the Dolphins go to the Bears. This was another potential sniff of mine because Justin Fields isn't playing too bad. He's not, he's not playing as bad as he was in the beginning of the year, and the the Bears are. Low key three and five when a lot of people write them off as if they were you know zero and eight. I feel yeah. like so yeah, they're not the they're not the worst team in the league like people talk about them as. Yeah, and they did just get rid of a couple big defensive pieces, which kind of veered me away from making this my sniff of the week. But the Dolphins are giving four and a half on the road to the Bears. Where do you fall here? Uh, I, I like Miami. I just think they do way too much offensively. I'm, I mean, I love their offense. I really do. Um, I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to do enough to to hang with them. Um, but no, I mean I, every point you made about the uh, the Bears was was salient there. I just I, I happen to like Miami. I, they just they're too high powered offensively. I'm going to go up against you. I'm going to take the Bears with the points here. I just think that this is a game where uh, I mean they're they're controlling the time possession. A lot of their games are just going under. Right? They're no one's no one's really scoring because it's just a run fest. And uh, I, I like the, that to be, continue this week. I think I'm high on the Dolphins as well, but two has been a little too inconsistent for me. Um, what if, okay, so what if the line was two and a half? I'm just trying to gauge where you're at. I'd probably go go Dolphins there. Yeah. Just, just but it'd still be tough, right? Yeah. It would still be. No. I, this was when I tell you this was the closest to my sniff of the week of any uh, game this week. This was the one one B to my one A pick. Yeah, that's um, fair. Next game. We have the two and six Panthers going to the four and four Bengals. Bengals are giving a touchdown at home. A touchdown. They they should win by a touchdown. Um, did you, by the way, you see that PJ Walker throw the other day? Yeah, ridiculous. That, that was insane. And that, that's where and we we talk about uh, whose theory is it? Is it Don LaGreca where he says that? quarterbacks are all good they just need to be in a good system or a good yeah at least at least for the most part yeah and I, I semi agree with yeah and, and I feel like PJ Walker is kind of very Daniel Jones-esque where he's you know the the he's just playing for another job right 
He's, he's yep. looking. He might not be the starting quarterback of the future for the, the Panthers. Probably isn't. Yeah. So he was in, was it the XFL or was it the whatever it was? He was the in the USFL, XFL, I believe. Okay. Yeah, but he's looked prof- He's looked. He's looked like a professional quarterback. And, yeah, and um, it's, he hasn't embarrassed himself. He's looked, if anything, he's he's uh, put some respect on his name. To be quite honest, so is, is Jamar Chase officially? He's back. Or no, he no, he's on IR. He's out still. Oh, he's like a, yeah. They said like four weeks. Yeah, for him, he's right? he's out. So they're going to rely on guys like T. Higgins and Boyd, which is still a pretty good one too there. Um, and Mixon, of course, but yeah, I, I mean, think I like the Bengals. To, uh, they did just lose to the Browns, though. I like the Bengals. If if I was going to bet this game, and I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, I'd probably buy that hook at six and a half. I but agree. I, I think with seven, they should still like push at least, right? Yeah. Um, like, speaking of worst teams in the league, I mean, it it might it very well might be Carolina. So yeah, very you can you can make the case. I don't think anyone yep. would really go too hard against arguing with you, but. Next game, who maybe could be another argument of the two terrible teams in the NFL, the Packers go to Detroit. Packers are giving three and a half against the one and six Detroit Lions coming off of their bye. Sorry, well, not coming off their bye. They sorry, two weeks removed from their bye. Apologies. Well, here's the thing: like you know, we're calling them terrible teams, and I know the Packers haven't looked good, but I mean, they win this game, which I expect them to, and I think I like the the three and a half. They're four and five. Quiet, like that's not that's not terrible. Yeah, it's not insurmountable. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna piggyback on your pick here. I love the Packers minus three and a half here. Yeah, I, I think, if I were to, I would, I would take, a, I would buy a point. But I, I, I think I like them at three and a half. I, I, I'm gonna roll with the Packers. I think this is the week where you know I don't think everything comes together, but um, you know they're able to kind of relax and say, okay, finally we're able to put a win under our belt here. And if you if you just listen to what, like this was the big week with the trade deadline and whatnot, but if you listen to a lot of stuff that's come out of the Lions, a lot of it has been like things like, oh, we did this because we really looked at this season and we realized we're not going it, to it'd be more beneficial to move on. As far as the T.J. Hawkinson trade is concerned, they pretty much said this season means nothing to us anymore. We're just gonna we're gonna get rid of him. And they did. Yeah. So. Yep. And by the way, the Packers. I mean, how do you not get get a receiver somewhere? And it's and they lose. Is Lazard playing? I'm, I'm not sure if he was healthy, but um, he was out last week. But I, I believe he's playing. I'm going to look at the injury report real quick. He's questionable as of right now. Same thing with Christian Watson. I mean, Rodgers is questionable too. So it's just how yeah. they operate. But yeah, 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 we're both on Green Bay there. We'll move over to the next game. A rematch of many AFC championships, many legendary AFC championships. The Colts head to New England and face the Patriots. Patriots also quietly 4-4, four and four, giving six to the Colts at home. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think Sam Ellinger or Ellinger, however you pronounce it, I, I, don't, I don't know that he beats New England, but doesn't six points kind of feel like a lot? Not really. I, I think like it, it does. I, I like the – I just think – I'm I'm a big proponent of Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks or you know younger quarterbacks I should say. But, well, yeah, but you loved the Jets last week. I, I did. I did. Because, I'm sick of you. No, no, no. You're you're totally twisting my my stance. My stance was I I understand that Bill Belichick is a menace against rookie quarterbacks, but if the Jets stuck to their game plan and ran the ball and got the ball out of Zach Wilson's hands. Then we, the Jets would have won that game, and I true, still truly believe that. I would have taken the Jets again. I'll take the but Jets the, again. But the, but the play Patriots, them again. The Patriots have a plan too. 
So they obviously, like, you understand that Bill Belichick made Zach Wilson have to beat the Patriots, right? 100%. And, and may, listen, and maybe not in the beginning of the game. I don't know why they came out throwing the rock all over the place. That's my, but, that's my gripe. Right. but And this, I guess this will be another game just like that where Bill Belichick, I mean, they, they probably have the same game plan here that they did last week. Well, how about this? Jonathan Taylor out for the Colts. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, six points feels like a big number, and I don't think the Patriots are very good. I don't think they're four and four, right? Like I, that seems too good for what they are. I think I'm going to take the Colts to to cover the six points. I think the Patriot the Patriots win by three, four. I'm going to go against you. I like yeah. the Patriots. I, I stand. Yeah. I stand on my word. Next game, another game that I really like at an angle here. The six and one Vikings head to Washington to face the Commanders, who also four and four. Minnesota is giving three on the road to the Commanders. Yeah, I mean we we both like uh, Heineke, and I actually think the Commanders are better than they get credit for. Um, I wish the spread was a little bit more here. Uh, three seems kind of tough. Uh, it's a one o'clock game, so Kirk Cousins might be decent. Uh, I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Vikings with the uh, given the three points. That's my angle as well, and they just I believe they just got T.J. Hawkinson. The Vikings traded for Hawkinson, correct? I believe yeah. so. Their offense is stacked. Really, it is. Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, KJ Osborne. They just have guys everywhere that can make plays. Um, and I feel like Kirk Cousins, they, if you can get the ball in that, those, any of those guys' hands this game, you'll win handedly, I think. So I think, I honestly think that the three points is honestly a gift. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the Vikings. Yeah, so I, we're going to be in the same there. Um, where, what do you think of like, Looking back on it now, and this is just totally an aside, but the whole idea of Kirk Cousins being the quarterback for the Jets in previous years, where do you sit on that now? Well, here's the thing. If Zach Wilson's not the guy, and I feel like the, the questions are starting to bubble up, and you would hope you'd have your answer by the end of this season, if he's not the guy, where do they go? What do they do? And it's so tough to get these quarterbacks. Now, listen, the Jets were able to build a monstrous defense using draft capital, which they wouldn't have if Kirk Cousins had been under center for those four years or whatever it was. Um, but I don't think it's silly to be like, you know what, maybe like, maybe it would have been nice to have a quarterback. And I know you you hate Kirk Cousins almost like, almost more than uh, than you than you should, because I think he's a pretty good quarterback. So it would have been nice to have one, but no, I mean, listen, I, I don't, I'm, I'm glad he's not a Jet, but I don't think that that was a, a bad question to ask. Okay, so moving on to the next game with someone that I'm happy is not a Jet. Uh, the Jaguars host the Raiders. The Raiders are giving one and a half. Raiders are two and five, and the Jaguars are two and six. I have been the least bit impressed by Trevor Lawrence this year. And I really had my eye on him going into this year because everyone told me I was silly, I was stupid, coaching change this, this, and that. So much is relying on what's around the quarterback versus the quarterback's actual talent. Haven't seen it. The Jaguars find themselves at 2-6 and six and also in the abyss of the NFL yet again. Yeah, but like they haven't played terrible football just altogether as a unit. I mean, Etienne's been great. Um, it's just every week we find ourselves going like, the Raiders can't be this bad, man. And then they are. And I don't know why. So, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars won this game. 
with one and a half, I guess I'll go Raiders. But, uh, like, you wouldn't be shocked, right, if the Raiders lost this game 20-13 to 13 or something like that? I'd be floored, stunned. Why? Because look, listen to the last, listen to the Jaguars' schedule in, uh, in the past. They lose to the Broncos by four at home, right? They lose to the Giants by six at home. Then they lose to the Colts on the road where they give up 34 points. And then they lost to the Texans at home. This is a bad football team. Yeah. Bad, I, I think. I, I, don't, I don't think they've played terrible football, though. Uh, I think they. I think every game they do just enough to lose games. That's how I'll frame it. And look, you can spin it back and say the Raiders are bad too. Yeah, but I, I think mean, just Derek Carr had one of the worst games by a quarterback I've ever seen in my life last week. And I think that that might be the wake up call. That's my angle on this. That, well, that yeah. things need to change. And look, I don't. Obviously, I'm not in the Raiders locker room or practice field every day. I'm not going to ever paint myself out to being, uh, you know, a Raiders insider. But I just know the psych of teams, and sometimes it takes a loss as bad as a 24-0 loss to the Saints to wake up a little bit. And I think that's my angle here. So I, I like the Raiders giving it one and a half here. Yeah, I like them too. I just, I don't know. There's, I don't think I'd be shocked if they were to lose that game. But See, like, and I also too, like, amidst my Trevor Lawrence, I guess, hate, I'm I'm still high on Derek Carr. Like I don't think he's as bad as his record. The record says. I agree. I agree. The the next game you're you're about to go into, I'm I'm a little I'm a little surprised by the line. You're talking about Seattle and Arizona. Oh, sorry. I'm two games. Ahead. I'm I'm a game ahead of you. We, all right. So well, let's let's look at Seattle and Arizona first. Seattle is going to Arizona. Cardinals are three and five, and the Seahawks are five and three. Arizona is giving two. So what that tells you, like we always say, they that Vegas thinks that the Seahawks are one point better than the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, with with Hopkins back, and he looked good, uh, and it not being in Seattle, it makes it a little tough. Because I really, I want to say Seattle. Like, I want to pick the Seahawks. But I, I don't know that I can. I, I think the Cardinals find a way to win this game. I, I agree. And I, I like the Cardinals here, too. I would take them... I, I think the DeAndre Hopkins angle of it is very interesting because they, their offense just looks better with DeAndre Hopkins there, and oh, as yeah. it should, because you know you, you add a DeAndre Hopkins to any offense, and I guarantee the offense looks better. But yep. I just think um, as, and as now a, all, all of a sudden you're the guy who was your wide receiver one is now go is now your wide receiver two, and he's you know playing against a lesser skilled uh, you know lesser skilled defensive players, defensive backs. So. Yep, and so I, I, we're both on the Cardinals here. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll get into the next game that you had. You said you were confused about, which is yeah. the Buccaneers giving three points to the Rams in Tampa Bay. Both teams that um, probably the two biggest like WTF teams in the entire league right now. Yeah, um, actually, they, I would say that they definitely are. Like, yeah. Those are the, the two biggest disappointments thus far. Yeah, and where's your angle here? I I struggle finding one, but I think I have a side. I, I want to hear you first. Well, here's the thing. It looks like Cooper Cup is going to play, right? I All signs point to him playing. So, given all that, I mean, I just... The Buccaneers just haven't proven to me that that, that they can be good. So, I think I, I think I like the Rams. Now, listen, they haven't been impressive either, obviously. But I just think they, they stack up better. 
Um, they have a, a better defense. They, I just, I like, I like the Rams. But, but aside from that, even if you're on the Bucks, aren't you surprised that the Bucks are giving three points here? No, because I feel like it's it's it, there's a big hill to get over to real to for people to really say or Vegas, I guess, in this sense, to say we're over the whole Tom Brady thing. I feel like that's all this that this is because anything less than uh, Tom Brady just given the home favorite kind of a side of this, I feel like would be would would take a lot, like a really really bad performance. And I feel like Brady's just been average. He hasn't been like pitiful. He's just been average. I'd say I'd say below average. Maybe not pitiful, but I'd say below average. And, and sh- sure, like it's very. You can make the case he's been pitiful. Sure, but I, I would side more on the fact that I, I think that what I will say is, if they lose this game, I this might be the last time they're favored going forward. Yeah, could be, and it it, it should be honestly. They go to their schedule going forward is they're hosting the Seahawks, so. Let's say the Bucks lose and the Seahawks win. How are the Seahawks not favored in that game? Yeah. So you know, I agree with that. Um, and then they go to the Browns. They'll, they'll probably be favorited there. Um, then they host the Saints. And then they got 49ers, Bengals, Cardinals. They have a relatively easy schedule the rest of the way. So if there was ever a time to turn it on and kind of become the Bucks, this is the time for them. Yeah. I mean, the difference between three and six and four and five is massive. So Yeah. And... I'm on the Rams here too. I think I just think that they're they're just a better team at this point, and I think their problems are a lot, I guess, less deep than the Bucks are. But um, let's get into Sunday night a little bit because this is a big game. Uh, Sunday night, the Titans go to Arrowhead and play the Chiefs. Chiefs are giving twelve and a half. I don't get that. It's a lot of points, and um, I, I I'm very surprised at the Titans being able to string five wins together. Just, like, when you look up and down the roster, it's like they kind of have nobody. Besides you Derrick argue, Henry. You, yeah, you could argue they have the best running back in the league, perhaps. But, they, I mean, I don't know. Five wins for them just feels like a lot. I don't know that they're going to be able to do enough offensively against the Chiefs here. I want to say the Chiefs could win by two touchdowns, but 12 and a half points, man. I, I just think, out of respect for what the Titans have done, you have to take the Titans there. I'm on the Titans too. Let me let me know if this changes your opinion on this at, at all. The well, Titans I agree have, with you. No, I, I know. I'm just saying your opinion on just the Titans overall. Yep. The Titans have not scored more than 24 points this season. Yeah. Does that does that change anything for you? Like the way you look at them, or is that more so true to what your feelings are on this team? No, I think it's true because like we we both think the Jets are what you would call a good team, right? And they don't really score points either. So however they're going to however they're going to win games is, is fine. Um I, I just think 12 and a half is a lot of points. Yeah, and I think I think the play here really would be to buy like two points to get like that 14 hook here, uh the reverse hook I think they call it, but yeah. Um I like them I like them at uh 12 and a half too. Um, I just think their nature of the way they play is very, you know, they give the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times a game, and that's just all clock running. And so they're they're a good team to manage and win time of possession. And if that's how you beat the Chiefs, then that's how you beat the Chiefs. So um, I like the Titans there. Last game of the week. um, Oh, sorry. An aside for Giant fans. Kadarius Tony looking like he's going to be active for the Chiefs. So all you Giant fans that uh, have nothing to watch this week with the Giants on their bye – 
you can be fully tuned into Sunday night Canarius Tony show in Kansas City. Yeah. Last who, who might game, be the most talented receiver on that team, by the way. Yeah, and I think it's going to be shown a lot earlier than people thought. <laughs> yep. Um, last game, the five and three Ravens go to New Orleans and play the three and five Saints. Ravens are giving two and a half on the road on Monday G- night. Give, give me that all day. Yeah, all day. Give me that two yeah. and a half points. Well, I think that people are looking at last week from the uh, from the Saints and twenty four nothing against the at home against the uh, Raiders, and they're saying maybe we're not giving you know Andy Dahl and this team enough credit. Maybe this is a good team. Um, but I I think I agree with I'm on your side more so. Um, I just think the Ravens are clear cut the better team. Yeah, and and it looks like Mark Andrews is going to play, but I think the Ravens are are a sort of team where. Even if he didn't, I would still, like, just the way that they play is conducive to, you know, being able to manage without, you know, he's probably the, the best pa- uh, pass catcher on that team. But a lot of times they don't include him, and they beat up on teams. So, yeah. what, regardless of his role, two and a half points, I love that. And Bateman also out for the year for the um, yep. for the Ravens, as well as Mike Thomas also out for the year for the Saints. So, Evens out there a little bit. Mike Thomas probably better than Bateman, obviously, but still big targets on both sides. Um, that wraps up wraps up the slate. Anything else you wanted to add to this slate of games? Uh, Jets, Knicks covered a lot today. Yeah, we did. I thought that it was a good show. Yeah. Um, so we'll be I back. Else. I have nothing else either. Um, we'll be back probably sometime. Usually try and shoot for like Monday or Tuesday to get out a. I guess we'll have only a Jet reaction this week. We'll react to the eventual winner of the World Series, which could come to an end as early as tonight. Um, we can see how the Kyrie Irving situation continues to unfold and much more. As always, thank you for listening. Please make sure to interact with us on our social media feeds. And again, thank you for being a listener. We appreciate all of you.